Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. So what is God really like? What is his character really like? How does he feel towards us? How should we feel towards him? That's what we're learning as we're going through the Psalms. And uh, this week we're starting with Psalm 62, Colin. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Now, those are two verses which are gold dust, really. I mean, they are just so wonderful because they express so much in just a few words. My soul finds rest, peace, confidence in God alone. My salvation day by day not only my eternal salvation through Jesus Christ, but my salvation, what God is able to do to save and deliver me day by day, comes from him. He alone is my rock. How important, therefore, that our lives are built upon the rock and not on a shifting sand. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. And you can think of Jesus um, thousand years after this, telling us about the man who built his house upon the rock and he, the one who built his house upon the sand. And, uh, you know, it's the same thinking, isn't it? That if your life is built upon doing what God says, obeying his word, for putting his word into practice, then uh, there's going to be this tremendous sense of God's loving care and protection over your life. It's wonderful. It's amazing, really, because we live in such a restless society and so many people are, uh, are seeking the, uh, the antidote for stress and, and being over busy. And I suppose these verses really hold the key, don't they? And David was one who knew the value of talking to himself. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, he spoke the truth to himself. So he says in verse 5, Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. In other words, don't get your eyes on the circumstances, on other people and all the problems that they cause and what's going wrong with them. Just focus on the Lord. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. We were seeing last week how God honors those who honor him. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him. For God is our refuge. Oh, that's what I want to say to everybody through these programs. That's what I'm saying week after week, year after year, because uh, I suppose we've, we've had nearly a couple of thousand of these programs now. Trust in him at all times, O oh people. 
That's what I'm saying to everybody out there listening to me. Trust in the Lord at all times. Pour your heart out to him because he is your refuge. So David had proven him. So this really is a contemporary message for us today. Nothing has changed. Oh, the word of God is is always contemporary for us. It, it's it, it's value. It's truth. Never, never, ever changes or diminishes. In verse eleven, David says, "One thing God has spoken. Two things have I heard: that you, O God, are strong, and that you, O Lord, are loving." Surely you will reward each person according to what he has done. And that's something that Jesus echoed, that the Lord will reward each according to what he has done. But here we, here we have these two sides of God that we have seen constantly as we've been going through these psalms. He is strong, mighty, awesome, holy, um, you know, he's the God who transcends all of creation, and yet, on the other hand, he's the God who loves, is merciful, gracious, loving, kind, intimately involved and concerned in the circumstances of our lives. And God has never, ever changed, and he's never likely to change. No. And Psalm 63 begins, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. I, I often wonder, you know, when people go to church on a Sunday, is, is that the way they go? Is that the attitude they have? Or are they just going, oh, well, uh, let's go and, and worship the Lord and then we can enjoy the rest of Sunday. Um, and I know not everybody goes with that attitude, but I think it's possible that some do, don't you? Uh, but really, I mean, we're talking about going and meeting with the living God together with his people. And, uh, you know, going with that sense of thirst, of, of longing to know God better, longing to live more closely to him. I mean, I've been a Christian for well over 50 years. I've been in ministry now for, what, 43 years. And still I'm thirst for God. I long for him. I want to know him better and better. And I can understand why Paul, right at the end of his life, was saying that he longed to know him. And you, 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 you know, you look at the writings of Paul. You thought, well, if anybody knows the Lord, it was Paul. Um, but you know, he's still, even at the end of his life, longing to know more and more and more of him. And you know, I've got a theory that we're going to need all eternity in heaven just to get to know the Lord. He is so great. He is so mighty. There is so much about him to know. And I think heaven is going to be exciting. It's not going to be a rest. It's going to be too exciting to be a rest. But, you know, Colin, I think you're unusual in wanting to know God so desperately. I mean, most people, they can get along without, without God quite happily. So they think. Well, so they think. But um, what makes you so hungry for God? Uh, well, let me let me just backtrack before that you ask that question. Um, it always seems to me very sad if God has created man and each one of us with a purpose, has a purpose for each one of us. If it's possible for a person to live on this life for 60, 70, 80, 90 years or more, come to the end of that life 
and never having discovered why they were created. Now that to me is a waste of a life. A person may have found some kind of purpose, invented some kind of purpose for himself. Some people might have been satisfied, well, they had a good life, they were successful, or they had a good marriage or good family or something like that. And yes, well, that's good, that's, that's positive. But God has a plan for each person that is beyond that. And it, it, always, it always seems to me so sad that a, a person should be able to, to exist on this earth and never discover the plan and the purpose that God has for him. So, you know, I, I've spent my life helping people to discover God's plan for their lives. And if, if you were to ask many of the Bible school students, for example, that have come to our Bible college over, over the years, uh, I, I, a number of them have, have said that when they came, they had no idea, really, that God had a plan for their life. They just felt that God was calling them to come to the, the, the Bible college. But by the time they left, they had a clear sense of plan, of purpose, of what God wanted of them. And uh, I think that's very important. I think that's a very important reason for people coming to Bible college to discover the plan and purpose that God has for their life because then they can go away and fulfill it. But this desire for God, how can you kindle that? In, for somebody listening to you now who's thinking, oh, I'd love to really desire God that much, but how do I go about it? I don't know that you can influence another person's heart in that way because this is a matter of the heart. I think you can see certain things about God and the way God operates in the lives of other people. And you can see, therefore, that there is something beyond your own knowledge and experience of God. And there, therefore, you can long for what that other person has. You can look at the scriptures, certainly, and see what they say about God. Uh, you can look, for example, at what David is saying here in the Psalms, and you can say, well, I would like to know God like that. But, you see, is that just a passing wish, or does it become a consuming desire? Because if it's a real desire, then you will do whatever is necessary. You will spend time with God. You will pray. You will read his word. You will study. You will do whatever you have to do in order to cultivate that relationship with God. And so I have the relationship with God. I believe as a great and mighty gift from him, it's a work of his grace. But I've known for my side of it, it's meant spending the time that I do spend every day with the Lord. That's, I couldn't have the relationship I have with him now without that. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 